Artemis endeavors to get more women and girls in the field and on the water. To support women as leaders in the conservation movement. To ensure the vitality of our lands, waters, and wildlife. Artemis endeavors to change the face of conservation. Welcome to the Artemis Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Chance, and my co-host today is Mary Lynn. What are you up to today, Mary? Hi, guys. Just working a little bit. Um, trying to make some money so I can go on more adventures. <laughs> I, I hear that for sure. Uh, our guest today is Christina McIntyre. Hi, Christina. Hey. How are Thanks you doing? Me. I'm good. I'm good. I'm actually uh, in Kentucky right now for work, um, and we'll be heading back to Tennessee in a few hours, so... Okay. That's what I'm up to. I was going to say, we're all three of us are in Tennessee today, but apparently it's not true. No, we will be in about, we'll all be in the same state in about four or five hours. Okay, close enough. <laughs> well, can you tell us just a little bit about who you are? Uh, sure. Uh, so, um, Christina McIntyre, uh, I've, I've been, I've lived in Tennessee for um, about two years uh, prior to that, I lived for uh, eight years in uh, Kentucky. Um, I work for UPS, um, so that's what I spend a lot of my time doing. Um, but I'm fortunate I was able to work from start working from home during COVID. So um, that's been really nice over the last couple of years. And prior to living in Kentucky, um, I lived in Knoxville, Tennessee for eight years. So that's how I know Mary. Mary and I go back about... 14 or 15 years. Um, so yeah, I've got married. Um, I have, I have a two year old, um, as a family, we spend a lot of time outdoors. We love to go hiking. We love being, you know, going to the lake, being in the mountains. That was the main reason we moved to Tennessee, um, and that and family. So we're, we're super excited to be in Tennessee and experiencing it in all of its glory. Cause there's a lot to do there, especially from an outdoors perspective. Yeah, especially the Knoxville area. I didn't realize we had all lived in Knoxville as well. Yeah. So I actually met you through Mary. And I'm trying to think of the first... Did I first meet you on the rabbit hunt? Um, I think that the first time. Yeah, I think that was the first time. I think so, because Mary was telling me... Oh, Mary told me... <laughs> I'm not going to tell on you, Christina, but Mary told me a story about you that was very funny and was endearing. Was it the squirrel story? Yes, it was the squirrel yeah. story. Um, so that, that was my first introduction to you, I guess. Um, yeah. Yeah, I forgot about that. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, that was well, an experience. Yeah, maybe... Do you want to tell that story or not? No sure. pressure. Yeah, no, I mean, I don't I don't mind if it's the, the content's appropriate. Sure. Yep. Um, do you want me to tell it now? Absolutely. Yeah. So, well, I'll just start. So I started, should I just give some background on like, you know, how I've kind of came into this? Yeah, I guess I could introduce that you are a relatively new hunter and yeah. Mary is the co-host today in part because she has been your primary mentor on your hunting journey. So yeah, let's, let's just hear about that. Okay. Yeah. I've always, so like I said, Mary and I go way back. Um, and I've always seen her on social media and stuff through the years and her, her experiences with hunting. And it's, it's always been in the back of my mind. I've always wanted to hunt. Um, I, I grew up around it, but not part of it. Uh, my grandparents were avid um, 
upland bird hunters. I'm originally from Iowa, so there's a lot of, uh, you know, knocking on farmhouses, um, uh, doors, and, and, and asking farmers if, if they could use their field. And then, you know, what their, the grandkids would be in the van. And, um, so that was, that was about the extent of the experience. Like I would see them, we would be out there with them, but the, as far as the grandkids go, we never, nobody ever showed us, um, that kind of stopped, I think with all of our parents, our parents weren't really into it and they just never passed it on. And by the time any of us were old enough for our grandparents to actually show us, our grandparents retired to Arizona so they weren't really around. They were, you know, they were living their golden years in retirement um, in warm weather. So, uh, but it's always been in the back of my head. And as, you know, COVID has has came and and kind of settled a little bit, I think everybody's um, kind of realized what's important. And um, so it's, it's, at least I did. And I, I've just wanted to get back in outdoors more and learn to hunt. And, uh, in, I think it was in December, Mary and I'd had some conversations. Um, she'd invited me to a couple events that I wasn't able to make, I think in late 2020, maybe early 2021. Um, and then it just worked out, I think in December, maybe she said, Hey, I'm going to go run the dogs. Do you want to come up? And I thought, yeah, I have the time. Like, I'd love to see you. I had no idea what to expect. Um, you know, i I just, I'd never, I really didn't know what to expect. And I fell in love with it that first time, like seeing her with the dogs and um, just the races and just being outside. And it, it, it just, I, I just connected with it instantly. Um, and so I started watching, I mean, from that point forward, I watched every YouTube video I could find with rabbit hunting, squirrel hunting. I couldn't get enough, um, you know, deer, any kind of hunting, I was on YouTube constantly, um, in any free time I had, that's what I was doing. Cause I just couldn't get enough. Um, so, you know, I, I went out with her a couple times, but she lives two hours from me. So I, I can't just only go out when she's available. I have to do this on my own. And I'm really fortunate that I have a WMA about four minutes from my house. Um, so I started going and kind of, you know, and through there. I, I really didn't know what I was doing. I just was happy to be outside. And, um, that never, kind you know, of explains all of my hunting experience. <laughs> yeah. You just kind of, sometimes you just kind of got to go and you know, mm-hmm. I, I just don't know, you know, I, so I just kind of re- tried to remember what I saw from my videos. Cause initially I wanted to go rabbit hunting. Well, you, it's really, pretty impossible to go rabbit hunting by yourself. Um, yeah. I'm sure there are people that do it. I could never figure it out. So I thought, well, I can squirrel hunt. That's fine. Um, I'm going to, I have a question. Yeah. When and how did you get your hunter safety? If you were like, like, had you, when did that happen? That's a really good question. Um, and it's sort of embarrassing um, because I didn't actually get my hunter safety until we went to South Carolina in January. So I'd spent a lot of time hunting before I got my hunter safety, but I had my license because I did a hunting and fishing combo last summer when Mary and I were supposed to go fishing. So I had my, yeah, I had my license, but I didn't have my safety course. Wait, what? How can, how is that even possible? I know. 
right? State of, so the state of Tennessee, you can actually get an apprenticeship for either two years or three years. So you can hunt with somebody okay. um, and still have a hunting license without before you have to get your hunter safety course. So she, she got the apprenticeship and her license on top of that before she got her hunter safety course. Yeah, but I didn't, so I, and I didn't realize that's what it was. <laughs> so I was just out by myself and then I didn't realize that until we were, when I was trying to buy my hunting license in South Carolina and it wanted my hunter safety, number. hunter safety. Yeah. So I, so the night, um, we got to South Carolina for the, uh, South Carolina Artemis rabbit, um, hunt. I've had to finish my hunter safety, which by the way, is very, very informative. And I really actually enjoyed it. I learned some things and I think it's very beneficial. Um, so I'm glad that I took that because it, I didn't realize that I was missing that. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Okay. This is very, this is like blowing my mind because first of all, I didn't realize that hunter safety, this seems asinine to say, but I didn't realize it was online now. I took it. Yeah when I was a kid and you had to like go in the evenings. Yeah, no, it's place. actually really cool. Um, online it's, I think I took it. I don't remember who, where I, it was, but it was, it was, um, maybe it was through, I don't know. I don't know what group it was through, but it was good. Um, it, the, the, there were videos and it was engaging. It was interactive. So it wasn't, um, boring. Like I thought it would be, you know, sometimes online stuff just gets kind of, redundant but that i thought hunter safety was good cool okay so yeah. you're headed out to the wma behind your house yeah so um yeah I, I you know i realized rabbit hunting alone is not going to be a uh, um anything i'm going to be able to accomplish so i thought well i can try squirrel hunting that's a lot of people start with that um and i was already a little bit leery about um the idea of picking up a dead animal. Um, I, it's, it's, I, I really struggle with that. Uh, I, 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 there's, I'm afraid of germs and I'm afraid of getting bit, which I know sounds so crazy. You guys have been in camps with me. You guys have been around me. So, you know, I'm, I'm pretty lively and, you know, I, I'm way open. I joke about it. Um, but I also know like it just sounds crazy that I'm pushing myself to get out in the field and go hunt and I have this like really super silly fear of of picking up my harvest um, but I I didn't think it was going to be as hard as it turned out to be so this particular day I told my wife I'll be back um, by nine we had plans that morning and I'm going through the woods. I saw a couple squirrels, but I, you know, I didn't feel like they were clean opportunities to take. And I didn't, you know, I didn't want to injure anything and not, you know, be able to get to it or whatever. So anyways, I was on my way out and I just happened to look up and I saw, you know, squirrel. He was perfect, perfect uh, setup. So I got myself ready and I, I, you know, I took the shot and I was so excited and I'm not, I'm not somebody that like gets really excited about things that, you know, I just, I'm kind of just, I don't know. I just, I just don't, I don't show a lot of emotion when something's exciting or if it's, it doesn't matter if it's bad or good. I'm just kind of even keeled. So, but this time when I saw it, 
and I realized that I was, I, I landed it. I was like, oh my goodness, this is so awesome. Like I ran full speed and I was and then I like got maybe 10 feet from it and I just stopped. That was it. I couldn't go any closer. I like, and it like, it was like, there was a wall between me and this squirrel, this little tiny squirrel. And I'm, I'm six feet tall. Like I could not take another step closer I called Mary she was in a work meeting I called her again and again and again I didn't have my gloves I called my wife because I was like well maybe if she brings me my mechanics gloves I'll feel better about picking it up she didn't answer I mean and I'm out there and I'm like I did not do this I did I'm not leaving the squirrel here you you I'm just trying to hype myself up you got it you got to get this you got to get this and I'm like I'm just praying like please give me some confidence because I, I didn't take this animal's life to leave it here. That's not, that is not what I'm out here doing. And um, about that time, right after I had that thought, that prayer in my head, I look up and I see a squirrel dog run by. And Heaven sent it to you. It, I am not even making this up. I, I, that is, I thought there's my sign. All right. So I take off after this dog and I'm in heavy duty overall, like Carhartt's. I've got, you know, all it's, it's what, December, January. So I'm, I'm, I'm dressed for, for, for cold weather, but I go chasing after the squirrel dog and it's looking, it keeps looking back at me. Like, who is this big, crazy, you know, Sasquatch running through after me. And it, it obviously it runs to its owner. Cause it's, I'm scared the poor thing to death. And the owner turns around. I said, are you, I'm out of breath. And I'm, are you a squirrel hunter? And he goes, <laughs> Yeah, and I go, I know this sounds so crazy, but uh, I killed a squirrel, and it was my first one, and I can't pick it up, so would you like a squirrel? And he just, all he did, he had the best smile, and he just looked at me, and he's like, yeah, and I was like, okay, follow me, so I take off running, the dog's chasing, now the dog's chasing after me, and I, all I did was like, point and I'm at this point like after we get back in the woods I'm like 15 feet from the squirrel and I just point to it and the dog runs over the guy goes up to it and he had barely turned around to acknowledge you know he picked it up and he turned around to acknowledge me and I was already out of the woods like past the tree line I just turned around and waved and I said I'm so sorry thank you bye and I jumped in my truck and I left and I that man has that story to tell for the rest of his life and I have this story to tell for the rest of my life and <laughs> it's probably entertained a lot of people in the hunting community on both ends um at this point oh. so that was my first experience on my own um harvesting an animal and I gave it away so <laughs> yeah and then Mary called when Mary finally called me back I was freaking out and she called me down so yeah, that mentorship that uh, she's offered me has has been very good. <laughs> oh, man. That story still cracks me up because I just I wish I could hear the guy's version of it because I'm sure, you know, he, he would have probably been a nice enough to a, a nice enough man to show Christina some things about it. But to just turn around and the person that brought you to the squirrel is just gone. Like, I yeah. could <laughs> imagine the story when he got home to his wife she, you know? yeah, she said why didn't you talk to him and I said I don't know I panicked I just wanted to get out of there <laughs> I have <Yeah>. no idea <laughs> this okay this story to me is so endearing <laughs> because this is the first story that 
Mary ever told, like, this is my introduction to Christina, okay, is Mary telling me this story when we were, I don't know what we were doing, on a hunt or something, and um, I just thought, a few things struck me about it. Number one, way to go, like, way to just get out there and get after it, and not worry about all the things that you don't know, or all the things that you don't have locked down, and then also, I love that you were willing to expose yourself as, you know, a new hunter that you don't have everything under grips to a complete stranger in order that this squirrel not be wasted. Yeah. I feel like that was awesome. So yeah, I don't know. I I love that story. Yeah. Cause it is funny, but you know, sometimes, especially when I tell it to a, you know, I've told it to a few different groups and it's like, ah, I know how this sounds to experienced hunters. So hopefully they find the humor in it that I found, you know, and it usually that's been the response so far, but I appreciate that feedback. Oh yeah. We've all, we've all done things that we look back on and we're like, man, I could have handled that differently, yeah, but, right. but oh well. Okay. So that was a pretty good mine. The next question I was going to ask you is about your background as a hunter, but uh, you outlined it pretty well. And I feel like that happened I think a year and a half ago. Is do I have the timeline right? No, that happened six months ago. Six months ago. Oh my gosh. Okay, that makes this even better then. So since that time, Christina, tell us what you've done. What else you've hunted? Oh man. Um, What? What'd you say, Mary? Poor girl. I've just kind of taken you and thrown you to not necessarily through the wolves, but I've kind of thrown you in the water with some floaties on and see what happens. So. Yeah, so, yeah, right. We've so I've done a lot of rabbit hunts with Mary. Um, I've been so fortunate to have that, um, you know, with her. And then we did so we and then we went to South Carolina for the Artemis, um, late the rabbit hunt there. And then I went to I was able to go to the turkey um camp, the Artemis, uh, through Artemis in South Carolina. Um, so that was my first experience with turkey hunting and, um, that was exciting, but I've also, um, Morgan Harrell told us at rabbit camp in South Carolina, um, that her and her husband went iguana hunting in Fort Lauderdale. And I went to high school in Fort Lauderdale and we lived on a canal and we had iguanas, um, and they caused a lot of damage and that was what, 2004. Um, and at the time it, you, they were protected, they were considered exotic. Um, but they were well on their way to being invasive, um, at that point. So when I found that out, I couldn't wait to go iguana hunting. Um, just because I'm so familiar with that area and I know the destruction and the damage and how, how the, just the amount of iguanas that are in South Florida is mind blowing because they don't have natural predators. They, you know, hang out in trees. Um, really the only things they have to worry about are people and alligators, maybe snakes sometimes, but they're for the most part, they just live in the trees and they, they just, they breed like crazy. Um, so anyways, I did that in April and that was by far my, one of my favorite experiences. It was very, um, there's a lot of high energy, a lot of, um, action, you know, and, and it's literally down there. You go, you can go into a, a park, there's different ordinances and things and different, um, 
in different cities within like Broward County and Dade County and things like that. But we were in the middle of a park. Um, we used a, an air an air rifle, and I think I ended up harvesting ten iguanas. Um, and I, I had I had quite a bit of um, meat that we processed out of those. So, yeah. And then um, I actually I'm I'm getting ready to schedule a hog hunt in Florida um, either in July or August. So yeah, six months ago to now, and I've been really fortunate to have a lot of experiences with hunting yeah you've gone all in so poor florida um (laughs) what's the deal with iguanas i think morgan told me they just like dig and tunnel and ruin infrastructure yeah exactly so they um when i was when i was in high school they would um like i said we had them on our on our canal so on the canal walls they'll dig um, tunnels and holes up against those seawalls that, you know, keep the, ton- that keep the, the canals, uh, I guess, stood, you know, that's, that's what keeps the water in and, and keeps the, you know, ground from caving into the, the, the canal. But so what happens is that when they tunnel up against those seawalls, it, so it weakens the, the structure because there's no longer all that dirt that's, that that wall is pushed up against and so then the seawall crumbles and so that's thousands of dollars you know we had neighbors who had to have that fixed um, which is not an easy feat because you have to have a company come in and they have to you know have special equipment because they're dealing with water and they have to fix the seawall so you have that aspect but then um, the population has exploded so much um, over the last 15-20 years that they're they dig and they get you know, they'll dig up under sidewalks and roads and, you know, signs that you see. Um, sometimes you'll see those big signs that hospitals have and they're big and, you know, they're, they're like big um, pieces of art or, you know, big, sh- I, I can't, I'm not thinking of the right word, but. Um, Murals? Dig under, well, no, it's like a, it's just like a, I don't know how to explain it. Um just a sign like there was one and the reason I, I'm, I'm stuck on that is because I saw what happened to this it was a sign for a hospital and it was just this big fancy um, structure they had all this rock work and cement you know uh, figure outside of this hospital and but the iguanas had dug under it and so it, it was actually starting to collapse um, so there's a lot of they, there's a lot of uh, expense associated with them I think that especially people outside of Florida don't realize Um, and, you know, not to mention just the, the overall, you know, they make a mess. If you've got them on your dock, I remember I wasn't able to go out on our dock on our canal because it was always covered in iguana feces and, you know, they're not always nice. Usually they run away, but if they're threatened, they're um, not, I would run away from them. I do run away from them. <laughs> they're like lizard geese. That's what it sounds like. They they are. They are. They're very, yeah. They're just, they're like little dinosaurs, like little raptors. They're like, they're, they're nasty little animals and then they'll freeze in a tree and fall out and hit people in the head. They just, they just, what? Yeah. What? Yeah, they do. They do. They, they, the guy, my guide that I went hunting with, he said that, I think it's been like 10 years, but there was a freeze um, in South Florida and it killed off something like 80% of the iguana population. Um, But they've came back in full force. Um, 
So yeah, but that was fun. I can't wait to do that again. So, and you said use airsoft guns because when Morgan went, I think she used like a spear, a spear with a rope on it. Yeah, there were two options. We could use an air rifle. um, And he did ask me if I wanted to snare them. Mm. And I said no, because that would require me getting very close to a a living iguana. Um, So, yeah, I I chose not to do that. But I I think there's some different um, options. But I loved using the air rifle. So I'm excited just talking about it. I'm ready to go do it again now. (laughs) Okay, let's take a quick break to hear from one of our partners. Howdy, Artemis listeners. This is Aaron Kindle from NWF Outdoors. We know you love awesome conservation conversations. That's why we want to invite you to check out the NWF Outdoors podcast where we dive deep into the issues, people, and places that showcase the best of the sporting conservation lifestyle. Guests include leaders, luminaries, and decision makers who define conservation and work tirelessly for fish and wildlife. Check it out wherever you get your podcasts or at nwfoutdoors.org. South Dakota, hunting is our shared legacy, something everyone can be a part of. That's why we're focused on making our fields a welcome place for everyone. See how at HuntTheGreatestSD.com, where you can hear stories from sportswomen and learn what makes South Dakota the world's pheasant capital. While you're there, check out public land maps, hunting blogs, and season information for one unforgettable fall. Learn more at HuntTheGreatestSD.com. Um, Mary, I just want to say you can chime in at any point here. <laughs> oh, because... I yeah, well, I'm just letting her tell her story because it's it's uh, I've had a blast teaching this girl how to hunt because she has went in it full force. And it's just entertaining because, you know, I've known this. We've known each other 14, 15 years. And back then we never really talked about hunting because we were working together. And just to watch her start completely fresh and just kind of evolve, um, it's been a blast. And there's been a lot of laughs and adventures in six months. You know, she went with me to South Carolina to do the rabbit hunt down there. And I think that's the, that's the first time she got her first rabbit was down there. Oh, and I didn't know you got one, Christina. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, she, and she powered through it and cleaned it herself and everything after we got back to camp. So, um, Wow. Yeah, and that was that was funny because we were uh, we were standing in a in a open it was like an open uh, open stand of pines, and the dogs had this race going, and it comes back through, and and Christina hits it, and uh, it it falls maybe I don't know 15 yards in front of me and 15 yards in front of her at, a, at an angle, and she starts walking up to it, and. It, it twitches and she freezes. I can just like see the fear in this poor girl's face. <laughs> and quickly, I was like right there. I'm like, it's, it's okay. You got it. You know, and I picked it up. It's just the nerves. And, and I don't remember if I had to do the, the bunny karate chop or not, but um, after, after we disposed of it and she held it and 
put it in her bag and we took it back and she cleaned it. And I was, I was like a proud parent at that moment. Cause she had like, I don't have any kids. So Christina's my giant kid, I guess, but <laughs> she, she, I was, it was a very proud moment watching her clean it and teaching her how to clean it and, and everything. And it was, it was uh, fun to watch. I've done it a lot with kids. Um, but to see an adult go through that same excitement as a, a minor does as they're growing and learning it, it's been a lot of fun. And we've got a lot of adventures in the past six months and, and stories and, and just memories to add. So it, it's been yeah. a great time. Oh, well, that actually is a good segue for my next question for Christina, which you've done so much in the first just six months of you hunting. So you talked a little bit about how you decided what to pursue and why, but I wonder as someone who also has a child, has it been difficult to prioritize hunting and making time for it? And how has that all worked? Yeah, it has. Um, especially, you know, when I initially, my wife, um, has been supportive, um, but she is not at all interested in hunting. She is a huge animal lover, um, so I was nervous to approach her and, and even the first time Mary invited me out and I didn't even know if I would like it, but just to have that initial conversation, um, you know, I didn't, I didn't want to, you know, make her, um, upset just cause I know how much she loves animals, but it was received really well. And, um, you know, I fell in love with it after that first time, like I said, and so we've had, it's opened a lot of, um, communication up for us on the topic and she's actually you know she she really understands now the the conservation aspect and and why I'm actually so passionate about um this you know becoming a, a such a big part of my life um and so so I've always I've had her support it has been challenging um, because at least during hunting season, or even right now, knowing that, you know, I could go down to Florida and go iguana hunting or hog hunting, um, really in most states at any time, um, it is, it is a little bit difficult because, you know, when I'm doing those things, because she's, she's not interested, she's at home or they're out doing, you know, she has Oliver, um, because he's only two. So I don't, he's, he's, he hasn't been exposed, um, to hunting or anything. So I haven't been able to take him out yet. Cause I'm new myself. So, you know, just thinking about putting him on my back and he's, I'm trying to figure things out myself and he's not used to, to, to it. I, I just haven't been able to get him out yet, but I'm hopeful. And like, you know, maybe around the time he's four, um, I'll, I'll be able to get him out. And, and then the, the time constraint won't be what it is now, because if, if I could, I'd spend every free minute during hunting season out with Mary or whoever just by myself and so yeah it's, it's been a little bit challenging but um like I said my wife's been really supportive she's she's gone above and beyond to to make sure that I've been able to go to the camps and um you know make sure things that were taken care of at home so I I think it's been pretty good um you know I really couldn't ask for more on that front that's good. Yeah. I mean, thinking about introducing kids to hunting and it's the one thing I've gathered thus far in my short journey of having a child is that it looks different for everybody and every kid. And I have to constantly remind myself of that because I put a lot of pressure on myself. Like, you know, if I go hunting, my child has to come with, because if I'm hunting, my husband is either working a hunt 
or hunting himself. And so right. <laughs> we don't like, and Christina, oh my gosh, has offered many times <laughs> to drive whatever it is now, two and a half, three hours to babysit for us. So um, I'm still I waiting guess, for you guys to take me up on that. Yeah. I guess we do have that as an option. Um, and same thing with Mary. Like if I'm around Mary, it's cause we're hunting. So, right. uh, for the most part, but anyway, all that is to say, um, that is just another element of the learning. And I guess the continuation of the journey, like, you know, once you think you've got something figured out, then there'll be another wrench in the plans. Of course. I yeah, exactly. Well, figured out you never get it off you're always learning yeah Yeah. i'm sure that's what you know if you could learn it all then it would be boring yeah that's what makes it fun yeah well um let's talk about well christina have you been deer hunting you haven't been deer hunting i have not yet no i mean i have um so i i have been deer hunting oh it's probably been eight years or so. Um, I went out a couple times, um, and I was married once before. So I went out a couple times, um, in my previous marriage, marriage. Um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't really consider it hunting. Um, it was on my in-laws property and we sat out there with our shotguns, but we didn't, I didn't know what I was doing. And honestly, I fell asleep. Um, so no, <laughs> I haven't, like I haven't been hu- deer hunting since, um, I, I jumped into this, um, over the winter. So I'm, I'm looking forward to the fall. I do have a lease. Um, Mary and I haven't been able to get up there yet, but I'm sure we will in the next month or two and kind of scope it out. So I'm excited. I'm super excited about deer season. Cause, uh, cause one of the reasons I got that I'm so passionate about hunting is, um, you know, being able to source my own food and, you know, I, I grew up in Iowa, so I grew up around agriculture, um, you know, seeing, you know, livestock and things like that. I understand start to finish what that process looks like. Um, and just for me, the idea of harvesting my food from nature is it's, 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 uh, more, I'm, I feel more connected to my food, um, when I think about that. And so I, I I would really like to get away from being dependent on grocery stores, um, and, and really, um, be more conscientious and intentional with my food and the choices that I make with food. And, you know, when I sit down to dinner, understand where my meat came from and kind of take that as a more spiritual experience because it, to me, hunting is spiritual. You, it's the circle of life. And um, so, so I'm, I'm very excited for deer hunting for that aspect because it does mean a lot to me to be able to provide that, you know, sustenance for my family. Um, and so, so hopefully I'm successful this year. Yeah. Hopefully you and I both, (laughs) (laughs) our freezer is looking a little grim, a little empty. (laughs) I was actually going to ask you when we were talking about the iguana hunting and, um, all the meat that you got from that, have you, does your family eat it? Like, are they, they, my wife said she would, um, my son will not, he, there's no way it it, it doesn't even, it, it, he just doesn't, he's, he doesn't eat. Um, so, but my wife would say she would eat it. I am planning to make, um, I'm thinking of trying some beer battered, like 
iguana tacos with some mm. sort of uh, aioli. So I'm still trying to work that out, but I actually think I'm going to make that, some of that next week. Um, so yeah, but we will eat it. We haven't yet just because I haven't had time to prepare it. And um, there's some processing that has to go into it to get the skin off. And I just haven't had time yet. So, but hopefully uh, next week. I feel that our garden is exploding and I hardly have enough time to harvest everything. And then it just sits in the fridge and I look at it. And I'm like, Oh yeah. <laughs> do something with that. <laughs> oh goodness. Okay. So what I would like to know, even though it's, even though your hunting trajectory is short to date, um, can you tell us about one of your favorite moments in the field? Oh my goodness. Um, Oh, how do I even choose? I've been so fortunate to have so many good experiences. I've really enjoyed, so we, I, I, Mary invited me on a youth hunt um, and that was super exciting. I loved, you know, seeing the kid, the kids get engaged and, um, you know, be out there and the dads were out there and they were learning and the kids were learning and the dogs were out there. It was just, there was a lot of excitement. Um, the conditions weren't super that day but it was still exciting to see the kids and you know when when something clicks and you see that on their face that oh the the rabbit's going to come around here and then they they know they you don't even have to tell them they knew that the rabbit was going to run a track um and they knew where the rabbit was going to end up like you know that that was one of my favorite um experiences so far the but the other probably top experience i've had or the the ladies um, rabbit events that we've done I get so excited when somebody is successful with harvesting a rabbit um, I just I I get more excited to see somebody else get their first rabbit uh, because I it's such a challenge um, to to do that it's just I just I get so excited so you know when I we were out what when we went to Pikeville is that where it was um, yeah Oh, that was, I was so excited that day because almost everybody had either an, well, everybody had an opportunity or they, they went home with, with a harvest. So that, that was exciting. I loved that. Um, and that was a great day anyways, because, you know, we were playing Matador with the bowl. So <laughs> that, you know, you guys get <laughs> stuck up to your knees in mud. And, uh... Oh yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> Yeah, and how do I choose? There's so many. Yeah. One rabbit fell in a creek, and then that one with the bull, and Jake's just laying on it, looking at us like, "Hey guys, you gonna come yeah. get this rabbit?" Yeah, that was that was just a fun trip. Yeah. Ashley's yeah, babies, dogs, and <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was a that was an eventful day for being a short day, like only a morning, really. That was a that was a good time. I can remember with the the quicksand. I was walking across an area with you, Christina, and Lisa, and I don't know when I realized, but like you started getting bogged down, and then like Lisa did, and then at one point I looked around, and you both are just like in it up to your knees. Up to our knees, I know. <laughs> I'm like, well, I better just keep going. I've got a baby on my back. I don't need to get stuck. No. And then the amount of flailing that was going on, I was like, I need to go get their guns. <laughs> Yeah, there was a lot of uh, a lot of flailing, a lot of 
I felt, you know, I was a little bit nervous. I was just going to keep sinking. And half the group was saying, roll over. And the other (laughs) half was saying, don't roll over. And so I'm trying to roll over. And then I hear someone go, don't roll over. And then I just stop. So then I just look like a pig that's just laying up in the mud. And, oh, man. Yeah, we finally got ourselves out. Thanks to you for grabbing the guns and the moral support. But not Mary, not my mentor. She's down in the creek chasing after a rabbit that's swimming. I was was busy with the dogs and the the rabbits while y'all were taking a mud bath. That's still one of my favorite photos, Christina, of you and Lisa after you escaped and you just bottom halves are muddy. That's a good photo. Yep. I forgot all about that. I think it was me and Casey down at the bottom and we could hear commotion, but we were so wound up and trying to figure out where that rabbit went because she had she had shot it and I saw it flinch, so I knew she hit it. And we just look up on top of this hill about 150 yards up there, and Ashley is bent over laughing so hard that I thought she was gonna <laughs> down. And it was just we had no idea what was going on, and we get to the back to the top of the hill with this wet rabbit, and there's Christina and Lisa just covered covered in mud and <laughs> trying to dig out shells that are covered in mud and, mm-hmm. and, uh, it's priceless yeah, it was a trip yeah that was fun though well I guess the last thing that I would like to ask Christina is from your perspective as somebody who's new to this and you weren't even like you said sure that you would like hunting or that it would resonate with you what would you say to anybody that's in a similar situation um just do it. Uh, you know, I, I'd listened to a lot of podcasts, um, through Artemis and, you know, I'd heard not necessarily, you know, other, some other beginner stories, but, you know, uh, just other stories from women who talked about their, their first experiences. And, um, you know, I thought if I, if I don't do it, I, I'm never going to, it's not going to be comfortable, but, you know, when you're growing as a person or you're, you're trying to learn new things, it's, it's not comfortable. It's, you're getting out of your comfort zone. So, but the, the end result has been so good and I knew it would be, you know, so that's why I kind of pushed through all of those uncomfortable, um, situations. And I know that that I'll have more, um, but just the fellowship and the community that I found and the, the, um, it, it just it's it's just something I connect with um I just it I, I just am very passionate about it I want to learn as much as I can um so yeah I just just do it um just go out just and if you're you're not sure what you're doing just go start by hiking um that's kind of what I that was kind of the natural progression for me I always been outdoors hiking swimming kayaking whatever fishing I do I do enjoy fishing um, and, you know, so I, I got comfortable with being outside and, and different, you know, aspects of nature. And so that, that helped. Um, but yeah, I mean, just everybody's been so welcoming too, and so friendly and so helpful. Um, you know, so if there's somebody that is listening and you're on the fence, it's, it's a good time. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> Duly noted. And I would agree. I would agree with all of that. All right, so we're going to transition to our weekly closer, Hits and Misses. Uh, what have you been aiming for, and how did it go? I think we can start with Mary. Oh, Lord. Um, what have I been aiming for? Well, we have 
a dog days event coming up and we hadn't even really properly named it. So that's what I'm aiming for is to get um, everything we need to be able to do that for Artemis in Tennessee. Um, so far the progression has been great and I've been talking to Lisa today about it and I just need to get a couple more dog handlers and that's what I'm excited about and what I'm working toward because that's going to be in September and be a blast. So, um, yeah, Mary, you might as well talk a little bit more about it. It's going to be really awesome. What, uh, what's the layout <laughs> so, of the event? Um, so, uh, since, so going back to just introducing people into hunting, I've always felt like getting them out, starting them in small game and starting them with some type of dogs. It just makes it a lot more fun. And so I had this great idea. Well, why don't we have a weekend where we have different women dog handlers come out? And so we're going to have, of course, we're going to have my beagles there. Another, a couple friends of mine have some beagles that they're going to bring out. So we're going to show rabbit dogs. We're going to show bird dogs. Um, so we'll have like upland, upland dogs that are retrievers, and then we're going to do some duck dogs and demonstrations on how to work them and exactly what they do and why they do what they do. But we're also even throwing in coon dogs. So it'll be like an overnight thing to where that night we'll have three different girls with three different coon dogs and we'll go out and tree coons and, and, uh, possums or whatever we can find up in La Follette, Tennessee, um, and I'm, I'm excited about it. And it, I think it's going to be a, a great time to, it, so if any ladies have thought about getting out and seeing what dog hunting is about, this is a great time in Tennessee where we're introducing a lot of different genres in one weekend. So you've got hounds, you've got, so you got your scent dogs, your hound dogs, your retrievers and all that. So it's, it's going to be an absolute blast. We're going to do a little bit of camping um, so there'll be a campfire and some stories told and, and I'm sure there's going to be a lot of laughs. So it'll be a fun time. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll classify that as a preemptive hit. <laughs> yes. Christina, what about you? Um, I've, I'm going to, I'm going to share a miss that I've had. I've been dying to get out and, and fish, um, this year and I just haven't had time. Um, so I've been traveling a lot to Florida and then I'm, like I said, I'm in Kentucky this week for work. And so I made the decision, um, I, I am not going anywhere in the month of July. I'm going to stay in Tennessee and stay close to home so I can do some fishing because so far I have disappointed myself pretty significantly with not, not getting my kayak out and going fishing. Um, I even bought a trolling motor this year nice. to, to, to get out and I, I still haven't done it. So I'm really looking forward to July. So it's a preemptive hit, but so far for the last several months, it's been a miss. So, uh, that's fine. Most of the, most of my hits and misses are some combination of both. <laughs> yeah. What's <laughs> yours? It's like, a good life analogy. Um, there's a lot. I mean, so one, a, a preemptive hit, my parents are coming to visit, um, on Saturday, we have the whole week of the 4th of July off. Um, so they're going to be here and I'm really looking forward to seeing them with Charlie. She's at a super fun age right now where she's signing a lot and like, we'll just wave bye-bye and run away. Um, and just doing a lot of really fun stuff. So I'm excited for them to spend some time with her. But in the meantime, 
a miss is uh, our house renovation. It's like, wow, if you buy a house that needs renovations and you have a baby, don't do it. That's my advice. Oh, no. <laughs> We've been painting and putting in hardwood floors at the speed of snails because, you know, time with our jobs and everything else. And then it's, you know, you got to work around naps and like one person has to be watching the baby while the other person is working. So we have the entire living room right now, like the main room of our house painted except the trim so i don't know i don't really care if it's done when they get here but my husband is like pretty he wants it done so i don't know if that's a hit or a miss it's both (laughs) (laughs) but it's happening and i have been able i've gotten out and shot my bow um more since i first broke the seal on that this summer so i'm feeling good about that yesterday i had some really tight groupings at 20 yards um so i'm excited about that and getting really excited for archery deer camp in October here in Tennessee. Yes. So. I got, so, I got a hit. Her talking but, about um, fishing just made me think of it. I took a, a friend of mine, I took her son and his best friend who is a Marine who just got back from boot camp. I took them uh, trout fishing Tuesday and they both caught a couple trout and then I made them clean them. And that's, these are teenage boys and they were not very fond of the slimy fish but um <laughs> showed, showed them how to cut the head off and clean them out and how to how to freeze them and everything like that so i guess that was a hit but we're going to go back for the fourth of july because we were actually off for the fourth of july and we're going to go uh, i'm going to take them back and go kayaking monday morning and do some more fishing with them so nice that's a good hit yep well, thank you, Christina, for joining us. Thank you, Mary, for being a co-host and for the mentorship that you've given Christina and so many other people, including myself. Um, so, yeah, thanks to both of you. Thank you for joining us this week on the Artemis Podcast. We hope you're having a great week. Until next time, be bold, stay curious, and get outside. Get outside.